let's talk about sex. Well, welcome back to Sexy Marriage Radio. This is Dr. Corey Allen with Gina Paris. We hope you're feeling sexy. Absolutely. And if not, you're going to be by the end of the show. <laughs> I don't know if oh, that's boy. going to be necessarily true, but... <laughs> I don't have feeling the pressure now. But, but we're glad you're here. And we're glad Absolutely. you're taking time out wherever you are and however you're listening to us. Uh, we're welcome. Glad you're here. Let's Hope you'll jump on iTunes if you like what you hear and give us a review, specifically a five-star review if you like it, because that helps spread the word, bring new people to the fold of Sexy Marriage Radio. And you can also send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And we do get a lot of emails. Yes, and we appreciate each one. If if we've never addressed your email, we are so sorry. Some of them are, uh, we answer privately. Some are daunting, <laughs> but <laughs> yes. we'll get to them. Yeah, and we we do have them in the bank, and we're trying to get to them. If we haven't answered privately, we're trying to get to and caught up with a lot of the different yeah. things because we see repeated patterns and themes, and mm. and it's not surprising because I see those in my own marriage too. And right. I'm assuming, Jeannie, you probably see those in your marriage as well. So it's things that we know are great to dive into at a deeper detail. But, you know, we just can't always get to everything. But please send them in because we do want to help with wherever you want us to go if there's if there's something we haven't covered or you'd like expanded on more. Absolutely. So let's, let's catch up with one of them. Yeah, I like this. Um, so here's a regular listener saying, good morning. My husband and I are regular listeners of the show, and we love the conversation starters you give us. Yay, that makes me happy that they're actually <laughs> talking about it. I have been reading this book called Bum, Five <laughs> Love Languages. By Dr. Gary Thanks. Chapman. That's right. <laughs> And I was wondering if you had any idea how to bridge the gap when it comes to sex. For example, my primary love language is physical touch. And I love when he grabs my hand and touches my back. And I'm always the one more interested in sex. So she likes non-sexual touch and sexual touch. She wants it all. Okay. Unfortunately, physical touch was what he scored the lowest on. Of course it was. Of course. It seems like sex is more important to me because he doesn't touch me a lot. And it's one of the only ways I feel like we really connect. And thus, when we go a week or so without anything, I feel like our entire relationship is falling apart. And millions of listeners are saying, here, here. <laughs> so any suggestions for how to make sex less important to me or less vital to my emotional well-being in our relationship? So she says, thanks in advance. And I just want to applaud you for doing what you can to read books and, and understand yourselves and each other. We've also had a letter come in about love languages. If this makes you feel any better from a husband where both the husband and wife scored love language, the highest in touch. And yet they're, desire for frequency of sex was so completely different and their desire for what that physical touch meant was so completely different that they were no less frustrated. Right. So I know that doesn't make her feel better, but for all of you that are frustrated, <laughs> that's why we're here. We are going to help you do exactly what you said. Um, make these differences less vital to your well-being. I okay. think ultimately that's all we can do. Okay. 
So I'm gonna, I've been talking a lot, so you say no, something. Well, well, it's interesting because The Five Love Languages is a humongous book. As far as popularity and yeah. numbers sold, I mean it's it's a it's a huge work. It's a marketing marvel. It is, and it is. It's 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 credit to Dr. Chapman for finding something that people resonate with, and then yeah. just marketing it, marketing it, marketing it, and pushing it, and pushing it, and pushing it because it does help some people. I mean, I, I I fully believe that I've had lots of people come through my sure. practice or friends that I know that have read it. I've read most of it. And there's good nuggets in there, like, and I think that's true of every work, including some of the stuff I've made and created and probably some of the yeah. stuff you've created. There's good yeah. nuggets in there. You yeah. don't necessarily buy it all hook, line, and sinker, but that's all right. Take the, take the good stuff, discard the stuff that you don't necessarily agree with or doesn't really apply, and move on. But the, thing, the problem I have with the five love languages, and I'll just get this out from the outset, is that we buy into it the idea that if I read this and I understand my love language and now my spouse understands my love language, that's going to solve the problem. Exactly. You read the couples who were so transformed because they, their light bulbs went off. Right. and Oh, I had and, no idea that words of affirmation were what made her really so excited. So now I just speak words of affirmation into her. And Okay. I, the thing I like about it is it does help clarify yourself and your spouse. Mm -hmm. It helps right. get a better picture of who each of you are. But if you know, I mean, be honest with yourself real quick, Gina, and, and if you're mm -hmm. listening, anybody out there, you know what really speaks to your spouse. You know what, what they like as, as, a, as a general rule, kind of who they are as a person. And there's times when, yeah, I just don't want to give it to them. <laughs> you know, no. I know that my wife would love it if I would just offer up a back rub every single night. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. do that. Man, what's wrong with you men? <laughs> what is wrong with you men? Well, but you know what I'm what? saying? Because it's, it's just that idea of, okay, once I understand where they are and where I am, that doesn't mean the problem goes away. So it does offer good solutions in the sense of, okay, here's some areas to focus. Here's some areas to grow was the way I would phrase it. And so specifically for this, for this listener, when you understand your love language better, which is physical touch, which is what it sounds like, mm -hmm. and real quick, let me just do a quick side note for those of you that aren't familiar with the love languages, Good the idea. five of them are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and then physical touch. Those are that you kind of break down and you're going to be high in one of those and not as high in others. So it's not just necessarily one. It's kind of categories. But anyway, so if you were, physical touch is what's important to you or it's what speaks to you. So you're set in the scenario of now I'm constantly seeking this from somebody because that's what I know I want. Mm -hmm. But is my desire coming out of fullness or coming out of emptiness? That's the problems I have. And this gets a little psycho babble-ish, but it's huge because then we're, now we're starting to talk about systemic and fundamental things, not, you know, we're talking about needs and wants versus just the language. 
Right. And I will tell you that after 20 something years of reading this book, it has probably made more fights in my marriage than <laughs> solutions Okay, for exactly the reason you're saying, you know, I'll always come back to, you know, this is what matters to me and yeah. you choose not to do it. So, um, and, and vice versa, like it baffles my husband that I would not just joyfully embrace acts of service, which is his language. And so when we start feeling scarce or needy, like Corey just said, you're, you're not coming from this place of fullness. You start walking in what's the opposite of love and what is the opposite of what you're really craving. You're craving this fullness and you're craving this feeling and this experience of love. So here's the beauty you can experience love in one of two ways. You can receive it, which is subject to the actions of somebody else. Right. Or by the power of the fact that you are a human being, I believe created in the image of God, you have the ability to conjure up the emotion of love by being a giver. Okay. Because love gives. Yep. So I remember it struck me so much one time because I don't naturally serve and give and do these acts of service. And for a long time, I was very rebellious about it. And I, you know, Paul wanted, which is very the, common that it's very when, common when we, when we learn something that our spouse really wants, yes. the worst in us rises up and, and turns into a, you know, some normal marital sadism. And we do the little things to oh. kind of get under their skin. Yes. And, it's awful. And that's a natural part of a relationship. And I want, I want listeners to hear that. I think that's yes. a normal part of a relationship because we it war is, against that within ourselves and then each other yeah which is so unnecessary so if you can learn instead of, of you know in my case i would just get angry why do you have to have that you know you could pay for acts of service in my mind you could pay you could pay a maid and a hooker <laughs> which makes it worse but i um it, i didn't like that and yet i saw him when he came home from the desert my husband's a Navy reservist, so he was deployed. And when he came home, he was so excited to make our twin boys breakfast. And I remember him, you know, getting these pancakes, making these pancakes and all this stuff. And he, his eyes lit up and he said to me, oh, my gosh, I love making something for my kids that they, that they enjoy so much. Yeah. And when I saw just that sheer delight in him overgiving like i have never in all their lives cooked with so much joy and i i just saw the reflection of myself that for me it's such a duty oh yeah i gotta yeah make him something to eat where at any moment we can choose to serve our mate and serve our family and serve our co-workers and everyone if we just do what we do with that kind of enthusiasm that says oh i love to do this and it makes you happy you'll feel that love that you're that you're fighting for by getting your needs met. Okay. Yeah, and and that's you know this this is what trips up a lot of people. I think it, is is I'm because raising my hand, I'm right there with yeah. you. So I'm not going to say I do this right all the time, right. but because it, it's it's one of those that we get so caught up in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't understand how they don't how they don't get it. You know, I don't right. understand how. You know, and so. For me, it boils down to that, like I mentioned, alluded to earlier, it's the giving or living out of fullness versus living out of emptiness. Yep. And 
a marker of growth and a marker of emotional maturity is the ability to give with no strings attached. <laughs> and that's a huge thing. Giving because with no strings attached how is many, huge. Yeah, how many times do we like go parent-child real quick? How many times do you as a parent create a meal and your toddler or your elementary or your middle school or your high school kid, even your college kid comes in and says, oh, man, really, we're having that? Mm. And you immediately just kind of, okay, see if I ever want to make you something again. Exactly. You know, that's a giving out of emptiness because you maybe did it because of it's a duty, but the reaction devastated what you did as opposed to if it's more out of fullness, doesn't mean the reaction doesn't hurt. It just means, right. okay, that's all right. You know, like that happened in my household just the other night. <laughs> we, made, we made dinner, and it was a chance where Pam and I actually got a chance to make dinner together. Right. We, we set it out at the table, and my son comes in. I don't like that. And I grabbed his plate. Okay, we'll see you at breakfast. And I put it in the sink. <laughs> wow, you meaning me. Ah, awful, awful father, I know. So, but it's, it's one of those that, you know, hey, this is the chance to give with no strings attached. And, that, and then how we respond to whatever we get as a reaction is a marker of our growth. Because the, the things that are love languages, the things that are per this listener's email of how do I make sex less important to me? That's a great question mm-hmm. because it that's is. talking about the meaning of sex interpersonal inside her not relationally not what it means to him right what it means to her so that's kind of a challenging of self to grow and say what kind of meaning do i attach to these physical touch moments so why is it that when we go a while without any physical touch or without any sex i feel like the world is crumbling mm-hmm. and that's, and, and that's what, where you spend what time. action can you take what action could you take instead of feeling like the world is crumbling? Maybe you can maybe simply reach out to your husband and say, I miss you in our bed. Or say something, you know, that just expresses yourself without coming from that place of hurt and manipulation and devastation. And it's bigger than, than life. Right. Well, because is- these, these are gridlock issues is what they, is what they turn into. Yeah, remember we've said that most conflicts are going to be recurring. So if if this is not solved, then it's probably is going to just be one of those recurring things. Like in my marriage, it's not necessarily going to be real natural for us to speak each other's language. Right. But on the flip side, it means a lot when we do. Yeah, it does. And that and that carries more weight when right. you, when you can take that stance and do it. But I also think just human nature is we can we, we see through some of those and we're skeptical, you know, of, a, of oh, why are you speaking my language here? You know, what do you want oh. from me? You know, and I, that's the worst in us again that comes out. But to me, it comes down to it's, it's being willing to share myself, to be willing to live with my spouse without their affirmation, validation, and even maybe trust and appreciation? Am I still willing to put myself out there? Am I still willing to, in this case, walk over and grab his hand, mm-hmm. sit down next to him, put his arm around me? Oh, but that means so little if you have to make him do it. Well, okay. Are you getting, you're getting caught up in how it happens as opposed to what happens? 
And if what you want, you know, if what I want is to go see the Grand Canyon with my family, does it matter how we get there? <laughs> you know, I can get really caught up in, oh, well, we didn't go the appropriate route. We took it, you know. Well, that's as varied as the people involved. So it, you still seek what your desires are. And you do it more out of a fullness, which ha- is less attached to an outcome and more driven by what you want. Mm-hmm. And then you see what happens. Right. So you, you can, the more you meditate on staying in love, walking in a place of love, knowing that that makes you powerful I think the the less vulnerable that makes you to being just swept back and forth by the way you read your mate. Right. And so let me ask you this, because this is a specific question. And and mm-hmm. I, obviously with the, the email from the listener, we, we, we don't have the real-time feedback <laughs> to, to know mm-hmm. more information. So feel free to write us again with more information if you want us to go deeper. But the suggestions on how to make sex less important to me and or less vital to my emotional well-being in the relationship – is it starts with what does sex mean to mm-hmm. you? You know, what, is, what does it mean in the entirety of your life, in the entirety of your relationship? And then let that spawn into what does your sexuality mean to you? How, how is that part of your validation, part of your identity? And maybe from there you start to see little nuggets of, oh, okay, that, that's coming from here. Well, maybe I can get that this way. Or maybe mm-hmm. I can find that internally, that whatever the closeness and the comfort that I feel when I'm with my spouse sexually, maybe I can find that some more in myself. I can find that some more in other people in non-sexual, non-threatening ways, but it still kind of scratches that itch and meets that need. So that's where it kind of it, who, there's multiple ways we can find what we're looking for. And lots of times we, we fall victim of putting all our eggs in one basket because it made sense at one point. You know, like, hey, I've, I got a lot of validation knowing I could pleasure a woman. So, man, I'm going to keep doing that. Well, I'm more complex than that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we do want you to keep all your sexual eggs in one basket, but. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's all right. Absolutely. But, it, but so it's just kind of. It, it, help, it allows you to expand the possibilities of, exactly. of how anytime you can find you're what feeling, you're looking for. Anytime you're feeling deficient, that's a great question to ask yourself. What is it that I'm needing right now? Where can I get it from someplace bigger than my spouse? You know, where am I expecting my spouse to fill a need that they weren't created to, to fill? So this is a big question for a ton of our listeners. That's why they listen to Sexy Marriage Radio. They have issues in their sex life at home. And that's a huge part of it is that whole mismatch desire. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we would love for the lower desire spouse to come up higher or, or for sex to be so much more gratifying that it's satisfying less often or that we all grow, you know, as individuals, as husbands and wives in the way we we work together. But you've got just an awesome starting place here for the fact that you talk about these things and mm-hmm. and you listen to Sexy Marriage Radio. That's a huge honor to us, and uh, we're we're all in this with you. You know, I'm I and, and hope I'm out, a better wife. Yeah, than seek last out year. seek out more books too. I mean, if if it's it's a little deep, but you can pick up Passionate Marriage from Dr. Schnarch. 
That's one of the books I love. I, know, I hate that book. But, but it is but hard Corey, to get Corey through. loves – he's got a man crush on Dr. Snipes and I can't stand him. I do. <laughs> he's got a newer one out, The Intimacy and Desire, which is just kind of an updated. But it's still – it's 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 heavy stuff. I understand. It's it's hard to work through. He's you could also – when it comes to um, your sexuality, uh, Esther Pearl's got a good book out there called Mating in Captivity. I like that very that's much. It's a very good book. So mm-hmm. there's things out there that you can find that kind of help. Again, yeah, that's a different way to look at that. Or, oh, yeah, I hadn't even thought of it that way. And that opens up all kinds of new possibilities. And then if you want to go even old school, Eric Fromm's got a book out from 60s, 70s. I'm not even sure the, the publication date, but called The Art of Loving, which is an outstanding book. And it's yes. short. And it's a great read. And it really does help kind of – He's he's that's a seminal work in my field, mm-hmm. and so it's a great way to kind of look at things differently, mm-hmm. and and really kind of capture where you are and then what do you want and yeah. So keep keep growing, keep searching, and realize this is a process. I mean, going through this kind of stuff, you know, and this goes back to how we opened up the show with with the idea of the love languages. Lots of people think it's the band aid that will cure it. <laughs> And it, it does solve some issues. It does take away a little of the frustration or a little bit of the pain. It doesn't cure what's going on because life is not curable. <laughs> right. <laughs> Neither is marriage. <laughs> some things, remember, they're not problems to be solved. Right. They're areas to navigate. That it's actually it's a process. That the exactly. relationship you're in, is a, in, in my book, the relationship you're in is a process of developing better people. Absolutely. It's a growing machine. We're all growing. Absolutely it is. So stay at it. Utilize resources that are available. Keep speaking up. Keep having conversations with your spouse and say, you know, hey, I know you know that physical touch is important to me. Mm -hmm. I would just love to see you up your game a little bit more and then just see what happens, (laughs) you know. Yep. But that's that's all we got on this because I think it is just – it's a living life together and realizing the role you play with each other to walk alongside each other, challenge each other, yeah. lift each other up, encourage each other, knock each other down. I mean, that's just part of marriage. That's married life. Yeah. So we hope you'll enjoy it. Enjoy being a student of your spouse and uh, have have lots more sex. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Uh, bye-bye. Let's talk about